0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark chapter 10. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven." Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. And Peter said to him, Look, We have left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and fields with persecutions. And in the." Age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, teach us about our wealth. Amen. So Monday, I started working on my sermon. I pulled some notes together and started filling up blank pages in the computer. Tuesday, I went to text study, and we talked about the text and decided, this is one of those hard texts, don't know quite what to do with it. Wednesday, I'm writing my sermon. And I'm writing it, and I'm writing it in All of a sudden, I get a phone call. Name's been changed. Hi, my name is Joel. Does your church help with utility bills? And I answered, no, we only help with gas to get to work or to go to the hospital. Thanks, goodbye, click. Darn. I have the opening for my sermon, and I don't like it. Jesus' love for the poor has just nailed my fantasy of self-righteousness to the cross. I should have been aware of it. October is the month when the utility companies shut off power for people behind on their payments because come November and December they cannot shut it off because of the state laws that protect people during the winter time wealth if we have money we are wealthy So, the text. Mark tells us that Jesus is on the way. He's heading towards Jerusalem. He's heading towards the cross. And to contrast that, Jesus meets a rich man who can't part with his possessions to gain that eternal life. The cross and death, giving up something we have as wealth. So what's going on in the text? As we studied in our adult class this morning, what's the historical setting that leads us to understand it for today? How do we understand this man's wealth? One way to understand if God loves you in Jesus' day would be that you would be a success and that would prove that God was on your side. Rich people were rich because God made them rich and blessed them. So if you had good crops, if you had many children if you had healthy bodies and healthy mind, and you had good friends, (laughs) and you had money in your pocket, (laughs) these were all signs that God loved you. So how do we understand our wealth? For one thing, our money Is us. We invested ourselves in some activity, either mentally or physically, and in exchange for that, we received some paper that said we were worth something. Call it money. So when we look at our money, we are looking at what we have put into time, talents, and energy. Time and talents. You've all heard that phrase in the church. Our time and talents are money. But that's not what we're really talking about as a stack of bills to say who we are. At a deeper level, that thing called money touches who we are and how we identify ourselves, how we use that money, and how we value others with that money. So Jesus looks on this rich man and he falls in love with him and he says... You lack one thing. What is it? What does he lack? Does he lack the ability to sell his possessions? Does he lack the ability to give something to the poor? Does he lack because he has many possessions? Too attached? What are many possessions? What's having just enough possessions? I can tell you as a pastor who's moved more than once, possessions are important. If you're not tied to a place... The possessions you carry with you are your history. Can you give them up? How do we live our calling to be generous saints in today's world? The text is really about giving all of our life to God. It's important what we know, what we do with our money. The first thing, what we do with our money has a great impact on the welfare of our neighbor. Jesus doesn't just tell the man to give away his money. He says, give it to the poor. When we have lots of money... And all of us sitting here have lots of money, even if we don't think so. When we have lots of money, we like the feeling of being independent. And so when we give to the poor, it builds a relationship with them. And we are not totally independent we are part of a community of believers, and we are able to care for God's people. The second impact is, as we give that money, it's for our own welfare. It helps us become dependent on each other. There is no such thing as a self-made woman or self-made man. We are in relationship. We are neighbors with people. And so when we share, we share ourselves. When you volunteer at a food bank, you're making sure someone does not go hungry. When we share what we have with others, both are blessed. Jesus loves us and loves all people. So the rich man leaves. He has many gifts, his time and talents made him wealthy. Sort of like the parable of the sower. The seed falls among the thorns and the thistles, and they grow up, and it is choked out. And it says the disciples are amazed. What they're amazed at is that understanding that God blesses you when you are rich. And so they are confused. And they want to know how. And Jesus says, With human beings it's impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. And Peter understands. Good old Peter. He understands. And so he says to Jesus, We've already done what you asked that rich man to do. We have given up families and jobs, and we have followed you. And Jesus gives them a promise. Yes, you have given up those gifts, and what you have given up, you will receive a hundredfold. Families and land and persecutions and being last. So, Jesus is telling them that they will be disciples and that God will have the last word and God will fulfill them in a way that they will not understand until later. And it will be hard. Persecutions. So, God's gift of salvation makes us free to do something, to love each other, to care for God's people and God's world, to share the good news right here, right now. That's where God has placed us to be. A man named Richard Koch wrote a book, Living the 80 20 Way Work Less worry less, succeed more, enjoy more. And he did a survey, and he asked people making $100,000 and $40,000, how much more money would you need to be living securely? The people with making $100,000 said that if they had $90,000 more, they would be secure those people making $40,000, most of them said they were okay. And a few of them said maybe 10% more. So, how do we miss making the mistake of the rich man in our gospel? First, we realize that doing justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly with God means knowing about... about poverty and then the suffering that it causes. Knowing that God loves the people and also knowing what the prophet's call is to remove poverty from the world. The first step that we do to admitting this step is to know that we are attached to our wealth. Like when I got the phone call Wednesday morning. We are attached to our wealth. Is it possible? It's very hard. It's impossible to fight against that wealth. And so we trust in God's grace. Amen.